got one song to start us off. In the world. 
actually quote-unquote preaching today. I am sharing though a sermon that I actually preached on Friday morning and I wanted to encourage us in it and it has to do with serving. The scripture is going to be Matthew 10 verse 25 through 37. So I want to start off with some quotes. Justin, I'm going to use your lap. All right. Thank you. So the first one is from Helen Keller. It says, believe when you are most unhappy that there is something for you to do in the world. So as you can sweeten another's pain, life is not in vain. The next one is from Henry Drummond. 
says, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good thing, therefore, that I can do, or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer it or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. The next quote as well is from Henry Drummond. Therefore, keep in the center of life. Do not isolate yourself. Be among men and things and among troubles and difficulties and obstacles. The next quote is from Amy Carmichael. You can always give without loving, but you can never love without giving. The last quote is from Martin Luther King, Jr. The first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? So Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. Matthew, I'm sorry. No, Luke. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 10. All right, verse 25 through 37. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I lost my. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and he saw the man. He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So, two lessons that I'd hope to point out to us today. The first one is that Jesus himself was the good Samaritan. And as I've been reflecting on this and thinking of the church that that's actually what the church should be as a community of Good Samaritans. Could you imagine if the world and the lost actually saw us as Jesus did 
serving others. We ultimately know that Jesus is the greatest servant of all. And yet that's what he's calling us to. But so many times, it's easy to become really religious. It's easy to be like that religious leader, you know, or that temple worker, or um, more concerned about our life, more concerned about our circumstances. If I stopped to help this person, if I, if I did this for this person, it's going to keep me from being on time. It's going to, whatever the excuses that we make. But the second lesson is, is that we should follow the example of Jesus. That we actually should be those who are bandaging up the wounds of the broken, the downcast. We actually should, should be serving them. We actually should have a desire to see them made whole. Because when we think about what Jesus has done in our life, he didn't pass us by. We were broken. Maybe we're still broken. Maybe we're still beaten down by life. Maybe whatever the issues are, maybe religious people will walk by us. But Jesus wouldn't. Jesus would stop. And he would tend to whatever the need is within our life. So some lessons that we can learn from Jesus on how to serve others. In John 13, verse 15, Jesus sets an example for us to follow. After washing his disciples' feet, an act of love, humility, and service, he encourages us to follow his lead and to serve one another. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done, Jesus says. Jesus, the Son of God, the Most High King, Lord of Lords, never placed himself in a position above others. He led by serving. He washed feet. He fed thousands. He walked to visit and heal the sick and the dead. He stopped to touch and heal a sick woman. He spent time with those no one else cared to spend time with. Jesus lived a life of humility. Jesus shows us that serving others and humility go hand in hand. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, it reads, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Serving others is more than keeping up with your to-do list. To be a servant means we genuinely need to care about people. It's keeping our eyes, our hearts, and schedules open for divine appointments. Jesus was not stressed by time, what others thought of him, or a list of tasks to accomplish each day. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God and follows his promptings to serve, love, and to help others. No task was ever beneath Jesus, and no person was ever unworthy. In Galatians 5, verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Serving others and genuine love go hand in hand, but what exactly does that look like? How do we genuinely love even the unlovable? How do we let go of our to-do list? How do we position ourselves to act humbly? Here are four good places to start. Number one, is your heart struggling to love others? Ask Jesus for a heart change. Be open to him working, stretching, and changing your heart. This may bring out some things you need to address and work on, but it'll be worth it. 
He could change your heart, soften the edges, and teach you to love others with kindness and compassion. Number two, take a look at your schedule. Are you doing too much? Are you keeping things on your list because of appearances? Allow him to free up your time. Ask him to show you each day what needs to be done and what can be set aside. Number three, begin placing others first in your day-to-day. Think about the needs of others and how you can place them before your own. Do you see a struggling mom at the store? Let her get in line before you. Does your neighbor need help with his lawn? Take care of it for him. And number four, listen to God and do what he says. Follow God's prompting and leading when going about your day. If you feel you like to stop, I'm sorry, if you feel like you should stop and serve, do it. This doesn't necessarily mean you take on every opportunity presented to you. You should pray, ask God, and then listen and do what he says. And so an acronym for service. S, sincere. E, should be enthusiastic. R, should be responsible. V and I, they kind of go together. Verbalize, I care. C, courteous. And E, engaging. To serve others, you all. To really genuinely, genuinely, not for show, not for applause, not for anything else, but to genuinely care about others. Putting them before yourself. How can you serve today? And the question is, whom are you serving? Because as Christians, you should be. What Christ has done in our lives is just not for us to hoard to ourselves. No, it should be given away. Because again, this picture that Jesus didn't pass us by. He graciously met us right where we were and served us. with So much love and compassion and healed us. Final scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6-8. Paul states, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So whatever it is, to plant, to water, whatever you're called to do, even today among each other, to serve one another, When you go about your week this week, to serve one another, just be faithful to what God calls you to do. Rather, it's to plant or to water, because ultimately God will grow it. Amen? Short and sweet. I'm going to close this with this last song. And don't get used to me going short, okay? Because I have preached long. (laughs) They're like, what? He's over? After this song, Carrie, would you close us in prayer?